RPG for You and Me presents Neon Heat, an actual play duet podcast using the Savage World system in our custom cyber fantasy setting. It's been a labor of love creating it for the past several years, and we are so excited to finally be able to share it. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy. Previously on Neon Heat. Tuka gives Athena a regulator escort home, and they journey through the city together. On a bridge a block away from her apartment, they're ambushed by a group of nodders sent to finish off Tuka. Athena sustained a wound in combat, but between her and Tuka, they managed to finish off all but two of the nodders who fled after seeing the carnage on the bridge. Regulator Nima and her partner were deployed to the scene to investigate but are promptly interrupted by showboating asshole and pacifications poster child, Bolt Bulig, as well as his videographer, Phil Nutter, from The Cold Chronicle, to film leftover heroics for the news. Athena says goodbye to Tuca and teleports onto her apartment balcony, which she can see from the bridge, only to be immediately subdued by, of all things, <laughs> one very determined potted plant. Athena, as your breath is being choked out of you by these grasping vines, and your vision tunnels to a pinpoint of light, you hold on just long enough to hear a faint cry that sounds so very far away, and it is your name, Athena. What are you doing? Dying? I don't know. <laughs> it's an eight. Cool. So you so... take eight damage from these vines. It's a hit with a raise that's gonna... Cause one additional wound. Okay, where is it? Um, I think it'll be the vine that is snaked around your bullet wound. Oh, so it's perfect one-stop shop, huh? Probably just the squeezing from there is maybe it's messing up the internal wound. To your right, Pavi slams open the door, stomping out onto the balcony and slaps the vine that is constricted around your neck with an angry hand. Uh, The rattle emanates from the back of her throat. Hey! Knock it off. Let her go. Does it let me go? The vine begins to loosen around your neck. I think I grab at it and try to wrench it off as much as I can with my oxygen-deprived form. Give me a strength roll. I've crit failed again. Wow. Athena's not very good at this, like, staying alive business. No, she's not. Oh, man. Is this a sign? God, I hope not. <laughs> So how are you trying to pull it off? I mean, in a competent way, she thinks. <laughs> I feel maybe you're like, instead of trying to, to wedge your hands in to like widen it as most people might do, you like are oh, grabbing the vine no. and pulling it away from you, which is like tightening the grip. <laughs> oh God, poor Athena. Okay. Oh man, she's having a, she's having a tough morning. It's morning, right? Yep. <laughs> well... Mondays, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I think uh, Pavi sees this and uh, she's gonna roll to assist you. Oh, thank God. Someone competent lives in this apartment. Pavi sees this happening and manages to wedge her hands in there and pull the vine loose to assist you. Her rattle continues and you see her jaw start to unfurl a little bit and she turns and hisses at the plant. The vines fully loosen from the rest of your body and begin to Hmm. rapidly retract back into the pot. And they sort of swivel to look at Pavi and seem to be cowering a little bit. Huh. I'm not sure how much of that Athena's getting right now, because she's gasping for air and grabbing her throat where it's very raw. Yeah, I think uh, Pavi's on her knee, grabbing him, and she's, Oh my god, are you alright? I don't remember having a plant that did that! Yeah, um, that's new. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, well, let's get you inside. Are you, are you bleeding? She touches her neck. I don't think so. <laughs> Not from here. And she pokes you in the thigh. In my thigh? Not in the hole. Oh, but she, okay. she pokes you in oh. your thigh, but not in the bullet hole. I think she... <laughs> <laughs> Have you been shot? Just twice. Just twice? Yeah. That's... On your first fucking night back. <laughs> God. I think she waves her hand kind of dismissively like, oh, that. No, it's it's fine. I'm just happy to not be dying right now. It's a good little guard. It, I was going to call it a pet, but it's not. Uh, is it? Um, it's not sort of not really. I mean, it, it's it's semi-conscious sort of. It is a guard plant. That's what it's for. Do you yell at plants a lot now? Just the ones that can hear me. I can hear you? Well, sort of. It responds to... You know, tone of voice and that sort of thing. You're supposed to, like, talk quietly to plants and be nice to them and they grow better, that sort of thing. So is that why this one's such a cunt? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's supposed to be that way. It's just, you know, it's doing what it was supposed to do. You know, it did a good job. It's just, you know, it doesn't know who you are, so you came out and surprised it. And it was trying to subdue you. I think Athena glares at it out of the side of her eye a little bit, like, like very, very un- mistrustful. Is that the word I'm looking for? I th- yeah, I think um, you look over and Pavi is between you and the plant, but you sort of see these vines like peeking around <laughs> Pavi to look at you. And as you're glaring at it, it sort of shrinks back. All right, well, let's go inside. Yeah, okay. D- uh, I'm going to need a towel, maybe. <laughs> yeah, n- yeah. She grabs you and pulls you in and shoves you towards the bathroom. Yeah, that sounds right. Closes the door. And to be fair, it wasn't my fault this time. I had a fucking cube for every time you said that. Um, we could probably afford more plants. Ah. Uh, can you even walk up the stairs? We're gonna find out. Oh, good. Just wait down here. No, no, it's fine. Um, I can get up there. And- but you don't need to. Oh, good. Just go sit on the couch. I don't want to get blood on it. You mess. Hmm. Are there paper towels on the counter? Yeah, I think you can find some paper towels. Okay. I I grab some paper towels and try and keep pressure on this gaping hole. Yeah, she she throws a towel at you from up on the landing. Thanks. Yup. Comes back down a moment later with a a med kit in hand. Alright, sit your ass down. I already am. Did she look as she was saying that as she was walking down the stairs? Um, Just assumed I had still been standing. Maybe, maybe. Athena's a little dumb sometimes, so... And she uh, 
pulls a chair over and sits cross-legged on it and starts to try to patch you up. Dabs at you with some alcohol wipes and wipes the blood away. Like, you intend on keeping these pants? No, I got them for free. Good. And she pulls out a little switchblade and clicks it open and then just, she cuts a circle around the leg and then cuts it down the middle and just pulls it off. Well, the good news is I've always wanted some cutoffs. Oh, it's quite a look. Yeah, I, th- I think it's leg, nice. One long leg, one short leg. Yeah, I think that'll work. Mm. She puts the knife down with a clatter on the coffee table and keeps dabbing at you. So, <laughs> sorry I woke you up. Oh, well, it wasn't you this time, was it? Well, the last bit was me, but... <sighs> I'm, I'm glad you're all right. Yeah. So, what, what the fuck happened? Oh. Why, why you got shot? How is it not your fault? You're Matuka. Tuka. Crap, what was her what was her name? Her other name. Sa Tuka Sato. Yeah. Um, I know of her. I don't really know her myself. Why? Oh, uh, she was my intake tonight. And she's pretty cool, but people were trying to punch her ticket and I just kinda got in the way of the things, but uh, she's she's cool. Uh, and I am in a lot of pain. I can see that um and she uh, she's not any better with medicine than you are mm-hmm. so she's sort of deluding herself into thinking that she can help with this do you want her to take the lead or are you taking the lead i'll try it I'll try it all Should right a roll untrained yeah it'll be untrained d6 d4 uh, yep. minus two and she'll she's gonna roll to support you okay Ooh, poppy blown up seven yeah. minus two five ten so you can add plus one eleven so that's a success with raise within the golden hours that heals two wounds. Pavi's looking there and you're using some wet alcohol wipes to clear the blood away. She looks and she's she's trying to gently massage your leg to see if there's a bullet there. Um, I didn't feel a bullet. I think it went right through. Is there a hole on the other side? And she lifts her thigh. Uh, yeah, you got to... I'm seeing daylight. Well, <laughs> I can say that now. I've you, been to the surface. You can't say that now. Um, no, I don't see anything. Uh, we should still, I mean, bandage it up. We'll get it looked at. Pavi goes uh, out onto the balcony again. And you see her rip a couple of leaves off of a plant and come back in. Honestly, I forgot I had this. Maybe this will help. What is it? I don't know. It's, um, I forget what it's called. It's supposed to be medicinal. Oh. She crumbles it up in her hand and sort of pokes it into the wound. <laughs> it's prickly. It doesn't feel good. She's, all right. Yes, I, I know. I know. I'm a medic. It's, <laughs> it's preferable to you crushing up some dirty crystals on a floor and shoving them into me. Mm, well, that worked pretty well the last time. It if did. I remember. It, it did. It was mm-hmm. just very surprising. Yes, well... But I, you know, I maybe you won't have to do that anymore because I did meet a doctor today. Well, well, not a real doctor. I'm not sure. Well, you'll be happy to know that I don't have any dirty crystals right now anyway. Who did you... You said you, a doctor, but not a real doctor? What uh, do you mean? Uh, Inquisitor? Uh, um, I think her name was um, Dr. Naveen. Naveen Roja. And you say that in Pavi, um... I don't... She doesn't, like, stiffen... But she slows in what she's doing and doesn't look at you. And she says, oh, you met you met Rosha. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what did you think? Oh, 
I mean, she, um, my visit went very well, and she healed me up good, and that's, that's good, but I think she, um, I think she knows where I've been, and maybe what I've been doing, because she dropped something at the end, and I'm very worried now, and I haven't had an adequate amount of time to process that till now, but I'm pretty worried. What did you tell her? Standard lies. What did you tell her, Athena? I, I, I told her that, you know, I was kidnapped and I broke out. Well, I'm sure it'll be fine for now. What do you mean? Uh, no. Pavi. It's no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, um, I don't think she knows everything. What does that mean? Well, I mean. She was, um, she was, she's my friend, and, um, there was a time right after you left, um, when I was, you know, trying to figure some things out, and, um, we met at the, um, the research and development, you know, type thing. I, I took myself out of active duty. Oh. And, um, I just needed to work on some other things for a while, you know, um, yeah. So I met her there. And we just we got to know each other and became friends. And um, she's really smart. Yeah, I um, can tell. <laughs> yeah. And she's a good person. I mean, she's got her own problems, but she's smart and uh, she knows it. Such an interesting way of thinking. And, um, you know, it helped me. She helped me. Um, coping mechanisms, things like that. She, uh, she helped. <laughs> well, I, you know, I needed to. I needed things to do yeah. after you left uh, to keep me busy. So she sort of, um, you know, taught me how to take care of plants, gardening, things like that. And when you started, well, I guess it was after you were sending the postcards, but I kept getting them and I didn't have anybody to talk to about it. You know, I didn't know if it was, if it meant anything, but I, you know, I couldn't shake the feeling that it didn't. So I, I talked to her about it. And so she... She knows that you're missing, and she knows that I thought maybe you were still out there, and she knows that I had that assignment from Inquisitorial that I wasn't really supposed to have. Right. Um, and that I was going on the surface, and I was hoping I'd find you, but that's about it. <sighs> I mean, she wouldn't do anything. She's not out to get you or anything. She seemed really mad. Um, mostly because I abandoned you, and she knows that. I don't... I mean, I don't know exactly what happened with you two, but I think you'll like her. I, I kind of do. <laughs> I mean, mostly I did up until she dropped that last bit on me. I mean, what What do you mean she dropped that last bit on you? What happened? Well, I was I was giving her a little bit of business because she was, cause she was being kind of short with her assistant and I didn't really have the full range of what was going on. I was, you know, talking like a dumb bitch. And... <laughs> oh, Iva. <laughs> you tried to talk to her about Iva. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I can tell that was a mistake. Rosia's... She can be a little bit sensitive about her work. Um, and she can be short with Iva, but, you know, he's um, he's not bad either, but he is a meddler. Yeah, I noticed. I don't know, I, I said something about that, and, um, like, I don't know, maybe don't treat your friends like that, and then she told me maybe don't leave my friend 
and go gallivant with the toppers. Oh, um... Mm, would you have been happier if I hadn't sent any cards and you just thought I was dead somewhere I and not run away? You say that, and I think as she's helping to bandage your wound, she pulls the bandage a little tightly and it hurts your thigh and uh, she purses her lips and she says would I have been happier to think that you were dead out there somewhere? Well no I mean would you would it have given you just like a a grain of peace instead of the nebulous kind of shit? I even had peace for seven years Athena I stayed I was here I I picked up the slack. I helped with the restaurant, and I took care of your parents, and I sat with them when they cried because they thought you were dead, and I couldn't tell them that I thought maybe you weren't because then I'd be getting their hopes up, and I had to tell them that I failed and I couldn't find you, and you left me here. And she pushes herself up and uh, takes a couple of steps away and starts to pace. And she's wringing her hands and sort of ranting, not looking over at you, and says, You left me alone here, and I could have come with you, and we could have been together, and I could have helped. And she pauses and looks at you and sort of holds her arms out like, What? Well, I mean, of course I'd I'd rather have taken you with me. I mean, you think it didn't tear me up every day knowing that that you were here and I wasn't and you're my best friend and I left you because I was scared and I was I was scared that coming back would get me and you and everybody else killed and I should have taken you but I I didn't I think she's got a, a tear or two running down her face and she keeps pacing and um I don't think Athena wants to go over and engage because she's seen Pavi not quite like this before but mm-hmm. she knows her well enough yeah you were scared, I get that, I understand. I I know you weren't thinking, and I know that you just saw Joel die, and I I I don't know. I, I get it, I get it's complicated, but you left me here. You made me your goddamn butler, your custodian. I had to stay and take care of everything you left behind. Of everyone you left behind, including me. And you sent me these fucking breadcrumbs to try to let me know you were alive, or that... You were out there for me to find, and I... I wasted all this time because I didn't know. And some random hacker shows up and solves the problem for me. Like that. Like nothing mattered. Like all my time was worthless and wasted. And here we are. And we're back. And it's like... It's not like nothing ever happened, but... Seven years, Athena. (sighs) I think at this point she's trembling and you can hear the rattle going in her throat a little bit. And she turns at you, and uh, one more time, I think she says, And you left me! I left you. And it wasn't... There's nothing I can do to make this better. I... Poppy, I'm sorry. I think um, as you're saying this, she turns away again and has just kind of put a hand over her face. And she says, I know that. I'm sorry. No, I should be sorry. It's my fault. If I wouldn't have seen Joel die, then everything would have just been super cool and chill and we would have had a real good seven years. Shut up. Just, just shut up. And I think she 
whaps against the wall and slides down and just sort of sits there with her elbows on her knees. I think she has just kind of a thousand yard stare and she's got some, she still has some tears, but she's not like actively crying. She's just sort of like looking off in a direction, just tired as there's a lull in the conversation. I think uh, there's a point of view shot from Athena and Pavi is slumped against the divider between the living room and the kitchen. And there is a monitor that is on the left wall. And there is uh, that DOS prompt that pops up. And oh, shit. you just see text scroll across that says, Am I interrupting? Pavi? And um, Pavi just kind of makes a noncommittal grunt and doesn't look at you. Mm. Do you want to put on a movie or something? I think she blinks and looks over at you like Athena kind of just jer- said the stupidest thing she's ever yeah, heard. Yeah, no, for sure. But if, once she gets her attention, she kind of jerks her chin over towards the screen. And uh, I think Pavi looks up and immediately shoves herself away from the wall and is wiping at her face and says, oh, shit. Mm. As you're watching uh, the words scroll to the right and leave that monitor, and then on the sill of the counter, there's like a little digital clock and the words scroll onto there and it just says closer than you think. And it keeps scrolling, and then you can see the microwave all the way back in the kitchen, and there's just like a digital arrow that scrolls across the interface, and it points down to the blender. To the blender. To the blender. And then, um, Pavi is reading this too and looks over at you and just kind of quirks an eyebrow. Athena goes over to the blender and says, don't turn this on, (laughs) and she opens it. Yeah, I, I think as you're walking over to the blender, you watch and... It twitches, mm. and and then it springs to life, and these tiny metallic legs poke out of it and push it up like a spider, and it hops off the counter and starts scurrying directly towards you. If you're walking Shit. into the kitchen, it's scurrying towards you. What I think you she takes a couple steps back. Uh. So then, yeah, there's this. I, I want to say it's a point of view shot from the blender now of like down on the ground, and we just see your footsteps like hurrying backwards really quick, and then it swerves and scurries into the middle of the living room it's not plugged in and the blade whirs to life and as you look at it there are a bunch of like minuscule crystals carved on the blade Uh uh-huh and as it begins to spin it swirls to life and starts making this hologram above it whoa that's so cool and there is a figure the figure is cloaked and hooded big surprise is it red it's it's a hologram, not in color. It's like a faint blue. I think it's like a Star Wars hologram. Okay, right? I gotcha. So it's uh, cloaked and hooded. Uh, the details are blurry with no distinct features, and their faces shrouded. The figure just sort of stands there and looks between the two of you, and doesn't say anything. So elephant in the room, are we going to get a new blender? <laughs> Take a penny for that. that was, yes. I like that. I'll that take it. <laughs> All right. Um, and I think um, I think there's a a tired snort from Pavi behind. Like she's she doesn't want to laugh at it, but she has to. Yes. It's kind of like <laughs> I think the figure also has one little laugh. Well, that'll cost you too. Pretty easy to buy your support if that's all it takes. Well, we're kind of in a. We're kind of in a pickle here. Huh? Mm-hmm. 
And they, so what am I supposed to do? And they hold their hands out and they say, Well, nobody eats free. You know that. I know that. So. Uh, and they look around and they say, Welcome home. Thanks. It's been an interesting trip home. Yeah, I noticed. Mm-hmm. But I don't care. I'm here to let you know that it's time to start paying me back. Yeah, I figured. So what am, what are, what am I doing? Well, big picture, you're going to help me destabilize Alaricorp and Sato Novi. But that'll come over time. Don't worry too much about the specifics right now. Okay, w why? You really don't know how this works, do you? No, I'm just, I'm just... I ask questions, that's kind of my thing. They're not always good questions, they're not always smart. That's why you're not an inquisitor, huh? Yeah, it is. Yeah, keep working on that. So, Alaricorp, Galassi Zadar sits on the council. Remington Sato, Sato Novi, also on the council. These things take time. One block after the other. Gotta start from the bottom of the pyramid sometimes. So, block number one. You're going to look into the name Harlan Troya. So why don't you write that down? Is there like a receipt on the counter or yeah, something? Yeah, you can grab something. Use your regulator resources. I'm sure you'll turn up something interesting. But don't make it obvious. The enemy has eyes and ears everywhere. You get sloppy, you're going to end up dead. And dead doesn't do me any good. <laughs> You've only said like five words to me since we met. And two of them have been sloppy. That's true. How do I not be sloppy about this? What Wait. would what would be a good way to go about it, you think? I have the resources you obviously need. Well? Tell me how to get it done in a way that won't get me killed immediately, because that would be bad for you. How would you go about looking into a name? Let's, let's start there, since we're obviously in elementary school. So, are you asking me how to ask questions? Alright, fuck off. It's fine, I'll figure it out. Are you sure? What do you want me to do? I want you to look into the name. Is there anything else? I want you to find out. Find out what? Whatever you can. <sighs> if you want to be an Inquisitor, step one. You ask the right questions in the right place at the right time. If you're trying to be subtle about your motives, you don't tip your hand too soon. And I think uh, the figure kind of looks over at Pavi and is like, You're being quiet. I like that. Do you have anything to say, Pavi? Anything to add? You've been... I mean, you've obviously been researching more than I have. You got anything? Nope. I mean, it's what it is. Is what it is. I think she, she rolls her shoulders a couple of times mm. to kind of get her brain moving, if that makes yeah. sense. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. When I say don't tip your hand, I mean be careful who you ask questions. Mm -hmm. you're, you're just coming back. That's already suspicious enough. It's very suspicious. Play it light, play it easy, and just start pulling the thread. Okay. So this thread's gonna unravel the whole thing? I didn't say that. Maybe. So you gotta know that maybe... You know, destabilizing Alaricorp wouldn't be very good for half of my family. You got any... <laughs> help me help you? I mean, this is helping me. Listen, 
I don't want to have to take off the gloves, so to speak, but you're going to do what I'm telling you to do. And if you don't, well, you're not going to like what happens next. Yeah, okay. Good girl. Any other stupid questions? Probably, but we're not going to find out till they need to be asked. Hmm, it's learning. Yeah. You know, I do have a question, actually. Um, does Troya have anything to do with... I mean, you know what I'm working on. You know why I left. Is this related in any way? Who's to say? Maybe everything's connected. Maybe you can't see the big picture. Maybe. maybe it's just one more piece. But maybe you should just fucking do it. Yeah, okay. I don't really have a choice. That was never in question. And then I think they uh, look over to Pavi. Brighten up. You got your best friend back. Right? And then the feed dies. And the blender goes back to where it was. Oh, cool. And uh, the legs retract, and then the plug snakes out and stuffs itself into the wall. I think Athena unplugs it and puts it in the cabinet. <laughs> shut, like, shut, bangs it shut with more vigor than necessary. <laughs> like tapes it shut. Maybe. No, just, yeah. <laughs> some, some gaff tape. Well, fuck. Yeah, that's, uh, that's basically been my life. Well, fuck. Well, fuck. Um, so... That's bad, huh? I thought we already covered that. I know, I'm just... Uh... <sighs> My grandparents are gonna be real pissed if this actually goes off right. And I think uh, Pavi opens her mouth. She, her, she has a questioning look on her face and she opens her mouth and then she closes it and shakes her head. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna tell anybody what you told me. Well, I guess we just gotta put our heads together and think about it. Mm-hmm. I don't... I mean, so I can't say one way or another, but if there's anyone we can trust, I'd trust Rosha. Yeah. I mean, she's known about me for years. Or at least, she's known about me thinking about you for years, so... <sighs> if she is compromised, they already know about that. <laughs> and then me going to the surface, you coming back, doesn't right. take a lot of effort to figure that one out. Oh, jeez. I don't know. I know. Uh, God, what a mess. <laughs> I think Pavi has a moment of, I guess, sudden realization. And she puts a hand over her mouth and she says, We can't tell anyone about it. And we don't know who might be affected. Yeah. God. That's kind of why I've been taking so long coming back. I didn't really have a good fix for that yet. I got one for me, you should probably get one. I mean, you'd have decent, plausible deniability on that, because if your best friend is like, mind control for seven years doing stuff, that might put a little fear in you. I think she's uh, biting her nails a little bit as she paces the room. I don't like the idea that it could be anyone. How do we, how do we know? How do we find out? How do we check? I don't know. Ugh. I just, I don't know what we can do. I don't know either. I want to be able to trust people. I mean, I... I've been working on a Cory thing. I was hoping it would show me intentions 
for people and I'd some I learned while I was up there but I don't it hasn't been very helpful so far I don't know so Pavi looks over to you with um, a scared and timid expression and says have you have you looked at me what have you looked at me oh no why I, I thought it might be prying I wanted to respect your privacy you want to respect my privacy after you fled the city because you're afraid people are being mind-controlled. And you were concerned that maybe they sent me to kill you or something like that. I mean, you said you weren't gonna. Oh my god, Athena. Would, would you look for me? Please? Pretty please? I didn't. I didn't do it. Because I was afraid of what the answer would be. Because I, I hoped so bad that you just came and found me and you weren't told to and you just came and did it, but... I was afraid maybe somebody was using you, and I was dumb, and I was worried, and I was so happy to see you, and I didn't want that to end, and it was selfish, and I'm sorry! And I think as she says that last bit, some purple static electricity erupts from the corner of her eyes and from her fingers, and I don't know, maybe it goes over her gauntlets before just evaporating. Hmm. Poppy nods to that. Then maybe, um, I'm just gonna take a minute to be selfish and ask you to... Just do it so I know. Sorry. No, I... Just come come on over here. As she works at the bridge of her nose, trying to summon up maybe one PowerPoint. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we'll been, say you could have rested <laughs> a, a little bit enough to get a PowerPoint. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Ten is a success with a raise, so you get plus two to social interactions. So how do you go about this? Athena sits down on the couch and pats right next to her, kind of timidly, but like almost bashfully. Uh, sure. At this point, because there's been a lot of yelling. Yeah. And uh, I think she moves over and sits down with a, a sigh. Okay. I mean, Athena doesn't need someone to look at her. Even if Pavi's looking off and not looking at her, she can still use it. Yeah. So... I think she doesn't need to put a hand on her shoulder, but she she is, just to... Sure. But she, she activates empathy, see what's going on. Okay. When you put your hand on her shoulder, she does turn to look at you, and her eyes... It's strange to see what might be, like, considered bloodshot eyes from an Akir, because the eye is a solid color. Mm -hmm. um, but I think maybe the edges of it are kind of faintly yellow-orange slightly off color from her main one right. to see that she's been crying and her aura billows out and right now it's mixtures of yellow and orange and red it's kind of all over the place just very blotchy and very turbulent upset upset yeah she's she's upset but also tired and the colors move slowly um so you can tell that she's mentally fatigued and as you're watching there is a strange ripple effect that you've never seen before that sort of it's like if Pavi was water and somebody threw a rock into her center being it's the waves that go out every so often and one of the waves goes out and stops and it's sort of like a fog that is hanging in her aura oh no and Pavi bites her lip and then looks away and then like, pushes herself away and stands up and starts to pace again, and then puts a hand on her eyes and says, All right, all right, oh, oh no what? Come on, come on. So, 
a lot of what I see is um, colors and it's more of a feeling than knowing exactly what's going on, but it's like someone dropped a rock in a puddle made of you and it made ripples that aren't... aren't you? Um... A, a, a puddle of me? What? I can't... I don't know how to explain it better than that, Pav. Uh, uh, what does it mean? Somebody been in my head? I've never seen something like that before. I mean, I haven't had... I mean, it's kind of... It's kind of a package deal. I got this, and I learned how to do this, and... You know, circlet and mind stuff. It's just... It's... A brave new world for me, and I'm trying to sort it out still. But it's like, like Alaska said, I'm not an inquisitor. I don't know how to do any how of do this I stuff. How do I fix this, Athena? I, I don't know. <sighs> Is there? Can you get one of an augment like I have? I'm gonna have to, I guess. I, the, what? Are, I don't know what else to do. I don't know who I would trust to poke around in my head. If I get one of those, do you think that would get rid of it, or...? I don't think... I feel like if it was... If it was an active thing, I think I would know. Mm. It seems like maybe it was more... In the past, maybe? <sighs> Just from general impressions? Alright, um... Alright. She purses her lips and continues pacing, but... She's trying to stay in control, I think. Well, that's at the top of my to-do list. Probably wise. Mm. I think Athena gets up and goes over to Pavi and she's not gonna say anything, but she wants to try and give her a hug. I think at this point Pavi is sufficiently calmed down from earlier and is now pretty scared for herself. Would probably welcome the support, so mm. yeah, if she's if Athena hugs her, she'll hug back. Because this is scary for Athena, too. Yeah. As Athena's hugging Pavi, I think she says, I could say I'm sorry a million times. I could mean it, every one of them, but it wouldn't help you. It wouldn't help this, so if you think of something I can do to help anything, no matter how small, please, just let me know. And you know I'm a little dumb sometimes. I don't always get there on my own. And... She kind of cradles the back of Pavi's head in her hand and draws a straight line in her hair with her index finger and just settles her cheek onto the top of her head. Pavi rests her head on your shoulder and taps you on the back. I don't know what we're going to do. Hopefully not die? <laughs> yeah, hopefully not die. But you know, that's kind of par for the course for us, isn't it? It's just... It didn't used to be quite that way. Well... Alright. Well, get some rest. We've got other problems to deal with in a couple of hours. Well, <sighs> not problems, but get to see your parents. That'll be good. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And I... <laughs> Maybe I'll feel better if they yell at me, too. She <sighs> punches you in the shoulder a little bit. <laughs> God, you're such a noodle. Yeah, I know. But maybe we should get some sleep, huh? Yeah. I'll just crash on the couch tonight, I think. The shot is from the top of the stairs looking down as Pavi ascends to the second floor to go back to bed. And Athena watches her go up from where she stood before 
a hand over her mouth, her eyes scared for her best friend, and, and then the camera cuts to black. As we fade back in on the next morning, what do we see? Where's Athena? Athena is in the kitchen. It's a little galley-style kitchen where it's like just a, a thin little skinny hallway kind of deal. But there are counters on each side and at the back there's a stove. And she is at the stove pushing something around in a skillet and there's just a gentle whiff of smoke coming from it. Oh dear. Yeah. Okay. And I think next to her on the counter is just a real big pile of French toast, all burnt. How how big of a pile? Like at least a full loaf of bread. Oh god. <laughs> so this maybe is... a loaf and a half. So it's, it's like kind of anxiety it's, toast. It's anxiety toast. Okay. Um, As someone who's made an anxiety toast in real life, I know how this works. Excellent. The camera continues to pull back, revealing the opening in the wall uh, between the counter and the cabinets that gives us a view of the living room area. And we see Pavi sitting at the counter, leaning over a mug of coffee. And she's watching you do this with, uh, I think, an expression that is slightly concerned, but also inquisitive. Are you broken? Hmm? We're going to have to go soon. We're not going to have time to eat all that. I don't know about that. I've seen you eat a lot more than this. I, I, it's probably, well, it won't do anything to you, at least. It's, I mean, what I meant is it's almost one o'clock, Athena. I mean, your mom's going to be at the restaurant from work soon, and we don't want to miss her. No. Your parents should be um, together when you show up, right? They, yeah, they should. Um, but I've still got like a half a loaf of toast to make. I got all this egg batter, and I don't... Well... Okay, I'll I tell you what. We can cook the rest of that later, after we get back. Okay. It's still going to be here. We still have a fridge. It's not going anywhere. Here, <sighs> why don't you... Are you feeling brave enough to go water the plants for Ugh, just a moment? I guess. Can you be a big girl and do that for me? Yeah, I... <sighs> okay. All right, you don't have to... She, she, she grumpily takes the watering can by the side of the... By the side of the sink... Goes to, goes to do that. water the plants. Okay, I think um, I think as Athena walks away, we have a shot of Avi kind of side-eyeing her, biting her lip with a worried expression, and she slides the pile of ruined French toast into... It's like a, it's another plant next to one of the counters. It's, bas- it's like one of those pitcher plants. Oh, you know? yeah. And there's just a vat of some sort of liquid inside that we can't <laughs> fully see, and there's just a small as the toast lands in it. <laughs> what does her face look like? Pavi's face? Yeah. I think, um, I think her eyes stay locked on Athena as she slowly pushes <laughs> this pile and continues adding to the... Like a fucking cat pushing something off a table? Yeah, I don't think she wants Athena to see her doing this, but maybe she'll keep one piece. She'll keep a piece, and then when Athena comes back in, she'll be biting into it with a nasty crunch, just trying to look like she's enjoying it to make her feel better. I think Athena goes out to the patio and starts watering the plants, and she purposefully waters those vines last, and I think she stoops down in front of it and is like, hey, don't fuck with me anymore. I'm 
but here's some food. There, there you go. And she, it's not as much as it probably needs, but she's put a little water in it. As you've been walking around doing the watering the vines. Have they been watching o- me? Only poking up a little bit, but watching you, and they shrink back down when you come closer. But then as you water them, they come back up a little bit and just sway as they look at you. I, can I pat one? Yeah, I, I think so. I pat I pat the one that comes up the highest. Okay, make me a notice here. Oh no. Four. Um, these vines have the same texture that Roja's additional legs did. Huh. I feel weird about patting it now. I'm gonna go back inside. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Pavi crunches into her burnt toast. How is it? Uh-huh. All right, I'm gonna grab my jacket. And she does. Because, mm. you know, it's gonna get chilly soon. It's true. It is chilly right now. Oh, it's so chilly it's right now. Uh, chill. is, it, is, it, is it that time? It's almost one o'clock right now. Around noon, so about an hour ago, is when the largest quarry crystal in the city uh, is discharged by the Nexine workers in the mines. And uh, there's a dissipating of energy, a hum in the air, like a lot of that goes away temporarily for a couple hours. It makes the temperature drop and become chillier. So around this time and for the next couple hours, it's it's more like can drift between 45 and 60 degrees Fahrenheit. Sorry to our friends across the pond, those <laughs> non-metric heathens over here. Well, what are you going to do? So Pavi is dressed and ready to go, and she comes up and puts a hand on your shoulder and says, Time dead over. Maybe we could do this tomorrow? They'll be happy to see you. It's fine. I don't know. I'm... I'm different now. Well, yeah. People change over time. That's how change works. Athena, you're you're still their daughter. They haven't seen you in seven years. For all they know, you were dead, just like me. They're gonna be happy to see you. I'll trust you, but... (laughs) Let's start walking. Come on. All right. So Pavi leads you out the back, and you guys head down the stairs uh, to the garage. It's used as a spot for drop-offs for the Claw up front. Uh, the Claw with Seca Marv's butchery, charcuterie. Mmm. What's your Seca Marv. <laughs> Seca Marv being Pavi's father, of course. Uh, but it also serves as a working area where Pavi can get her grease on. <laughs> Uh, it's much the way you remember it. Also like the room where Pavi had led you back in Toshi. You know, there's oil stains on the ground here and there, frequently used workbenches, bits and bobs and scrap everywhere. I think hindsight's twenty twenty on that, not realizing that Pavi was the one living there, because <laughs> very familiar, and she's very short. Sure, but you know, in the moment, you hadn't seen in her for seven moment. years. <laughs> Got out of a dangerous situation. You know. So tired. Yeah. But also in this room is a spiffy-looking electric yellow quarry cycle with streaks of black on it. Did she have this one before? Yeah, I think this was this was Pavi's baby. I think she gives it a fond little pat on the seat, because what adventures I'm sure they had on it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Pavi slides over, it kicks the stand, and looks back over to you and says, All right, time to go. Time to go. Okay. And she puts on her helmet, because she's safe girl. Mm-hmm. And Bobby does too, of course. And wheels it outside uh, before revving it to life. And the tire disc rotates horizontally as the energy flares, and the levitation kicks in with a familiar wump-wump. And she takes you out into the streets with a wide drift. 
and uh, on the cycle it's a quick trip. It only takes about 15 minutes with a couple of shortcuts over the canals that feed through the city. You and Pavi know these streets like the back of your hand. Pavi more so as she's had seven more years of practice than you at this time. And it shows. Really? Mm-hmm. She slides through the streets with you know, practiced ease and takes a shortcut over top of a low building that you've never been through before. And uh, you head south from the apartment, following the canal until you break off to head west. And then you follow a separate canal south again to your father's restaurant, Escar Glow. It's uh, located almost at the southeastern tip of the city. It's positioned relatively close to the mine entrance, uh, which the mine is as far southeast as you can go, and that's where your mother works. And the uh, restaurant was purposely built close enough so that it would be easier for your mom to go either after work or during her lunch break to see your dad. The area as a whole is a pocket of dining and entertainment, so there are other restaurants, uh, small shops, mostly clothing, bits and bobs. How glittery are the streets here? Not as glittery as by Central. More glittery than the way, like, right around your apartment. So gotcha. Still pretty shiny. Generally, the restaurant scene here is pretty good, although the popularity fluctuates depending on the specifics, what goes in and out of business, whatever the the wave of the week is, so to speak. Before long, you arrive, and Pavi pulls the cycle to a stop outside in an alley next to the building and uh, takes off her helmet and leaves it on the cycle and goes to walk towards the front. I think Athena's following her, but very tentative. She's shaking a little bit. You know that nervous shake? You know how sometimes when you're really nervous you can't really stop shaking in your joints? Sure, Do you know what I mean? Of course. So I think that's what she's got going on. Maybe her jaws rattling her teeth together just ever so slightly. Mm-hmm. Pavi's walking ahead of you, and she's got her hands in her jacket, just, you know, balled into fists, and she turns around and sees that you're having some trouble and pauses to wait for you, but tries to give you an encouraging smile. I think Athena smiles back, but it's a kind of jerky one where the the corner of her mouth comes up a little too much at first, you know? Mm -hmm. She's, it's, it's hard. Yeah, she can see that you're having trouble, but keeps her smile up. You haven't been here for years, but there it is, Escar Glow. There it is. You spent many hours here growing up, playing with Pavi, helping your dad cut vegetables for the dinner rush, your mom helping you with your homework in the back room that always smelled of spice. Mm. You might have spent more time here than your childhood home. Well, waking hours, at least. I don't know. She spent a lot of non-waking hours here, too, probably. <laughs> that you did. It's a uh, four-story building, longer than it is wide, like a row house. There is a porch seating area that's sectioned off with clear glass fencing. You recall that there used to be an iron fence that you helped make. I helped my grandma make that. Oh. But it's not here anymore. Maybe they couldn't keep fixing it with you gone, or maybe it was just too painful to keep around. Up the brickwork of the front is a creeping vine full of flowers, lilac and off-white. This one doesn't try to attack you. Oh, good. (laughs) And it uh, winds its way up to the second and third floor balconies, which are usually filled with private parties during the business hours. It definitely looks bigger. Mm -hmm. 
There are lights made of recycled quarry crystals, not yet lit for the evening's hungry crowds. Uh, the front door is hollow iron polished to a matte sheen. You made this door, actually, for your dad, didn't you? I did. After uh, the old imported wooden one was damaged by a drunk Karnak ten years prior. He loved that door. He did, but he insisted he liked this one better. She she worked really hard on this. The door? Yeah, Athena remembers working hard. This was actually pretty tough for Athena to manage, but she managed to stamp a little snail right into it. Ooh. It's it's like a like a relief How into ornate. it. Not very. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a what qualifies as a stick figure of a snail. No, like she looked at a snail and then she looked at the door and was like did she stamp a snail into the door? No, no. She oh, looked God. at she looked at a snail. Oh my! She looked at a snail. Okay. No snails were harmed in the making of this door, but maybe some are harmed inside the restaurant. <laughs> Lots are harmed inside the <laughs> restaurant, and of course, there's an alley on each side of the building that leads back into the dark, shared back street for that row of shops where you guys had just parked. I uh, think Athena's standing in front of the door, just kind of lurking, and she has not opened it yet. Poppy walks up behind you and places a, a soft hand on your shoulder. Gives you a little squeeze. Open the door. You head inside and are instantly hit with another wave of nostalgia. <sighs> it's almost like you can see old phantoms of you and your family bustling around, going through the paces of the day. The smell in the room is much the same as the last time you were here. Rich with the scent of sauces and cooking meat. The main room is quiet, absent even of the gentle hum of the air conditioning unit that keeps the heat of the evening and night at bay. Faint sounds from the kitchen can be heard, the clank of dishes and the clatter of silverware, the scraping of a knife against a chopping block. The dark walls of the room make it feel cozy, but not constrictive, probably due to the warmly colored quarry lamps hanging from the walls, bathing the room in tones of light yellows and reds and oranges. The tables that you and your grandma made for your dad, sturdy and metal, are packed into this tiny footprint of a room, but in a way that makes it feel intimate, not overcrowded. This isn't a place to feel stressed. This is a place to feel connected to the people that you've come with. There are many more padded benches than there are chairs, all perched atop a soft area rug colored a deep red and patterned with a similar yellow to the regulators. You see, off to your right, behind the hostess counter, there is a half flight of stairs that go up to a landing and then continue on, up and left to the second floor. You see the triangle door under the stairs, used for storage in recent years, but you can fondly remember when you and Pavi were little. She would come over after school, and you two would hang out there, playing or drawing or napping during the dinner rush. It was your little hideout. Only a secret knock would gain you admission. That was the rule. Still is the rule. In the back of the room, there are double doors. You can see the white-yellow light coming through the circle portholes from the kitchen where you spent hours upon hours helping your dad cut vegetables. You always needed help with that. You weren't, and apparently still aren't, uh, much of a chef, but you didn't get that from your dad. No. <laughs> But you still wanted to help him out, always a little short-staffed as things seem to be. To the left of the kitchen doors is a long bar made of polished stone. 
dark gray, marbled through with creamy streaks of white and gold. There's a shelf in the bartender's area, just laden with richly colored liquids and bottles of all shapes and sizes. Fancy glasses hang from their bases upside down under the cabinets for easy organization, and the quarry lights reflect off of them beautifully. And on one of the several padded bar stools sits a woman, facing away from you, leaning over the bar and eating something out of a large bowl. She is a slender woman, not as tall as you, wearing a reddish maroon shirt that hangs off of one shoulder in a swoop, and simple dark gray jeans. She has a shoulder-length mop of silvery gray hair. It's curly, just like yours. She has a tired posture to her, although it looks like she's eating quickly. What do you do? She doesn't know quite how to proceed, because she thinks she recognizes this person. As you're looking at this woman seated at the counter, the double doors at the back open, and an unfamiliar Karnak walks through uh, into the main room. Uh, the Karnak's tall, taller than Athena, even, uh, with a long, long neck that is bent back over itself, and his head is, like, at normal level, so he's kind of like a, a very tall snake. Oh, okay. It's like an Ignean. And his scale pattern is yellow, and he's wearing a brown suit, and it clashes horribly <laughs> together. And a man follows him from the back room, and they're having a heated conversation, and you can hear uh, the Karnak say, I'm sorry, Clint, you're just running out of time. It's nothing personal, you know. And uh, the other man says, It'll pick back up, I know it will. You saw last month's numbers. And uh, the Karnak pauses and says, You have until the end of next month, Clint. And turns and begins walking out of the restaurant and says, Excuse me, as he pushes past Athena out into the street. And as the man watches the Karnak leave the building, his eyes fall and rest upon you. Oh. He's a scrawny man with short and messy black hair, blue cat-slitted eyes of the Vel, a matching black mustache and stubble on the rest of his face, dressed in gray sweatpants, a white cotton slop shirt, and apron with a barisk stitched into it that says Eskar Glow. Clintero, or Clint, as he's often called, and a look of shocked dawning crosses his face as he sees you. I think it takes all of her willpower to wrench one foot just up off the floor to take a step. She does it, and then she takes another one, and maybe another one. <laughs> You take slow and deliberate steps across the room. Maybe it's one of the longest walks of your life. It's not a very big room. And I think um, as you approach, he takes steps around the counter, and Pavi backs away, puts herself over to one side. And the expression on Clint's face is at first confusion, and then maybe disbelief as he takes steps closer and closer his eyes get wider and his mouth breaks into a smile and he stops feet away and you can see his mouth quivering oh just like mine <laughs> and uh, i think as he moves around the counter the woman who is seated turns uh, following his expression and as she turns you see that she's an ori woman of medium height and build 
She has almost entirely gray hair and matching gray eyes. The eyes are kind, but a little sunken. She's fair-skinned, with an orange-yellow tattoo that winds around her neck, and another that wraps the crown of her head, much as your own circlet does. Oh. And she is also wearing a matching escarglow apron. And when she turns to look at you, uh, you see the expression that Clint has almost mirrored, and she immediately pushes herself to stand up. They're standing several feet away from you, looking on in awe and shock, and your father's face becomes more obviously happy, and hers stays confused, until your father finally breaks the silence and says, Athena? Hi, Dad. She crosses to them immediately. She can't not now. Uh, Your father comes to meet you and throws his arms around you, And there's such a happy cry of relief and joy, and he hugs you fiercely and crushes you in his embrace. And it goes on for several moments before he pulls back, holding you by the shoulders, squeezing, just looking you up and down with just this expression of pure joy. And uh, as he's looking you over, your mother speaks, and hers is even more of a question. Athena? Yeah. And she takes a step forward, and then she begins to faint. Oh, shit. She's falling, and uh, I think Clint sees this happening and moves to catch her, and does, and is cradling her against his chest and looking back at you and just has an expression mixed with worry and happiness, and it changes so frequently that it's hard to get a read on it. Is she okay? He looks down and he says, Um, I think, I think she'll be alright, yeah. And then he moves to lay her down on one of the benches of the booths. And he sets her down. And he begins stroking her hair, but as he does, he can't help but continue looking back to you. Maybe she's holding her mom's hand? Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't think this was mom at first. What happened? You say that, and his face, some of the happy elation drains away, and he looks back and keeps stroking her hair, and there's a long silence, and he opens his mouth to reply, and that's when her eyes start to flutter, and she begins to wake up, and he has his hand in hers, and her other hand is still in yours, Mm and she sees Clint stroking her hair and she gets a soft smile on her face and looks up at him and says, Oh, Clint. Oh, dear, I just had the most wonderful dream. And uh, then she realizes that you're still there. Oh, man, I sure am. I'm not leaving again. And she claps her hand over her mouth and reaches it up to your face and runs a quivering hand on your cheek. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a way I could gently get her in my arms? Yeah, I think that's... I think you can do that. I would like to do that. You'll do that. And she hugs back, and her hug is firm but very soft, almost like she's afraid that she'll crush you out of existence. Doesn't want to hold on too tight. 
but then the longer she holds it becomes more fevered and her hands are claw-like as she squeezes you and her fingers dig into your back and then she just starts to weep putting her head into your shoulders oh Athena's right there right there with her and Clint has a hand on both of your shoulders and then leans his head down too and joins the crying real weepy bunch yeah what's Pavi doing she's still off to the side but I think here surrounded by the people you love maybe is the the first time you feel like you finally made it back it is certainly wasn't getting shot at last night and I think we flash forward to a couple of minutes later when everyone's calmed down and maybe a little bit more pulled together but the energy is high everybody's happy and in good spirits and it's just it's good to be home it's good to be home and uh your dad asks if you want to help cut vegetables with him i would like, like that old times and val sits on the stool and watches you with a smile and pavi helps to cut too and i think um as you all go to town just starting to chop here um your father turns to you and he says uh are you, are you okay? What, what happened? Um. So. It's kind of a long story. Um, but it seems like we've got time. Now. I got, um. I got kidnapped. And they took me to the surface, and. That's where I've been. I got out. What? Two days ago? But I'm back now. And I think and that's uh, that. Whatever details you you explain to them or whatever you omit, they're completely accepting of you know what you tell them. They're just they're thrilled to have you back. I think uh, your father just says it's it's all right. You don't need to you don't need to tell us anything else. I know you just you're home. That's all that matters. Just, yeah. So glad you're back. Me too. And your mom's um, just says, oh, just so horrible, but so happy you're here. You're safe. More or less. And she just purses her her lips and nods. Then you look back at her, and as she's speaking to you, it's hard to imagine that this woman is your mother. I mean, you can you can see it there, you you know it's her, mm -hmm. but if you saw her from twenty feet away, you would have sworn that it was your grandmother, <gasps> Hilda. Her face is the same, but just much more tired, hard-lipped. And I think uh, Clint puts his knife down and says, "I think you two can finish this bed while I I make something for you." <laughs> Sounds really nice. And he goes off and begins digging in one of the refrigerator units. As she's finishing up the the chopping, she puts down her knife and she's like, there's a better way I can do this. There's gotta be. And she looks around for a little bar of metal that just kind of is present in the kitchen. She takes it in her hand. You mean like a knife? No. <laughs> <laughs> just a bar or a ball. Okay. And she... Puts it in her hand and then makes it out like an accordion, kind of, and just chops full vegetables with it. 
Is this something she used to do? Absolutely. Okay, so this is not like, what have they done to you, you no, monster? No, I, th I think her dad used to say it was a bit lazy, like she wasn't paying proper attention, but he's elsewhere. Oh, so no, I, I, I think she looks at her mom and is just chopping away at full full carrots and Celtus and... I think that's absolutely true, and that it, for Clint, it was probably more like, you have to cut each individually, that's how you know they taste better. You can, you work the magic, you work the the feeling, the energy, into the vegetables. And this is why Athena's a bad chef. <laughs> you do this and you look at your mom and she gives you a small wink and takes a sip of her, I think, coffee. You do this and uh, Clint comes back uh, just a moment later with two handfuls of uh, plastic packaging with meat inside. Mm. And he says, Kaida's going on today. <laughs> And then he looks over and he sees the massive pile of vegetables with you. <laughs> I think she looks very guiltily. And he sort of like bites his lip a little bit. He says, you're back five minutes. <laughs> and this is what I come in to see you doing. Well, I mean, we got so behind with all the crying. I figured I had to make up for gotta get the vegetables done. And he shakes his head and he, he moves about, you know, doing prep to cook the meat. Pavi, you know what you're doing now. You you tell her. You've been doing this for long enough. <laughs> Pavi knows what? <laughs> Pavi, as he's saying this, just sort of nods to herself, going about the cutting, and you look over and her, her slices are pristine. Like, she is... I think Athena's a bit dumbfounded at how beautiful her slices are. <laughs> seven years of practice. Oh, jeez. I leave for seven years and suddenly everybody's all different. Not that different. Not that different. What, just because I can cut a vegetable? <laughs> you didn't touch him before! Well, you know, I had to help pick up the slack. I think she takes a very guilty, very long sip of her coffee. And I think Pavi is about to say something, but then doesn't, and then goes back to cutting. They're not really going to be asking you questions, because as far as they know, you had a horrible seven years that you never want to talk about again. Yep. So Clint goes about cooking and is sort of searching for any topic he can think of, and it's just sort of like, well, um, what, what's going on? What do you, what do you want to know? What's, what's changed? What can we tell you? Um, so I'm not trying to, you know, bring down the mood or anything, but is the restaurant in trouble? Clint's smile flickers a bit and then goes back it, it looks like a smile that he puts on with little effort like it's something he's, he's used to wearing you know oh. like he puts it on uh the uh the restaurant hasn't been doing as well since the toppers started flooding the market with all these new restaurants they don't want fine caldonics cuisine they can't appreciate what we make here they just want trash just easy easy garbage it's it'll be fine. Well, we always manage. Well, maybe it'll be a little easier to manage now, cause I can help out whenever you need, and got that salary coming in again. Maybe. Oh, I, I, I'm not gonna take your money, Athena. However, if I just give some, Athena, and he's moving through the kitchen and doing stuff. And he says, um, Athena, when I opened this restaurant, I did it on my own. I did it 
with my money. I did it without my parents. I did it without the help. Of course, your mother supported me. We always support each other. We're a team. And she smiles as she's taking a sip of her coffee. He says, but I will, t I will take someone else's money to keep this open. Not yours, not my parents, not alone. If I can't do it, if I can't make this work, then it's a failure. And I need to succeed at this on my own. Dad, just because something isn't working, it doesn't mean it's a failure. Sometimes it just means you gotta come at it from a different angle. So let's just, let's work on it. Right? Right. Well, I think we got all sorts of angles to come at it from. I think so. <laughs> maybe just consider that maybe if I would have been here, I could have helped more. And this is kind of like back help. I j can I do this for you, please? Athena, sweetie, if you want to help with the restaurant, if you want to help <laughs> cook or cut vegetables or spread the word or anything like that, I, I, I would love your help, but I'm not taking your money. I'm not doing it. So don't even try. She rubs at her sinus. Okay. I'll do I'll do whatever you want me to. I don't want you to do anything aside from I'll be do, happy. I'll do whatever I want to do. And I'll come in here and help you except, guys. Except try to give us money. Except try to give you money. At a girl. And he'll segue the conversation. What's new on the menu? Well... <laughs> Let me tell you. And he stops. He's <laughs> like just about to start cooking and immediately stops. Oh, well, you know, seven years is a long time to to work on new sauces and the the barisk breeding structure. It's, oh, it's fascinating. There's you, you have to feed them the right foods, right? And then um, when they mate and they have eggs and they hatch, depending on, you know, what type of barisk it is. It's, it can have like a more viscous feel to it. There can be more watery. And you can just, you can use it for anything. And, as, and he just he goes on, and um, you look over to your mom, and she's she still has the tired look in her eyes, but she's happy. I mean, it's yeah. it's the first time she's had the chance to see you and see your father interacting in so long. And Pavi has a small smile, tugging at the corner of her mouth as she continues to <laughs> cut. But he gives you a long and detailed explanation of the Barisk feeding structure and uh, reproductive trees he's put together to be distilled into different sauces. The Barisks are like special quarry snails and slugs, mollusks. Uh, they can be big, but there are still some regular sized ones, tinier. They're infused with different flavorings and their mucus has different applications, and you can still eat them, of course. They're artisanal. They are artisanal. At least the way Clint does them is oh, artisanal. Of Everything Clint does is artisanal. <laughs> is it? <laughs> He'd like to think so. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and the barisks can grow to be quite large. The most rare of them are the snail-like variety, and they actually have quarry crystals embedded in their shells and uh, makes them both ornamental and sought-after pets. But they still have to be maintained, and the quarry crystals have to be trimmed and harvested like they're run out of the ground. It's serious business. Yeah, so they're they're actually restricted. It's um, difficult to own one because you have to have the know-how and the skill uh, to care for them, and how to diffuse the energy and harvest the crystals properly and all that stuff. So, but they're extremely prestigious because you can breed them in select ways to create like 
different crystal patterns. It's mm-hmm. it's a whole thing. It's like a very it's a whole it's thing. a whole thing. Athena knows. Yeah, it's a whole thing. And I think I think she earlier had sat through her dad talking about the feeding structure and the breeding. Like she had forgotten all about it in her time away. But she how could she forget? With how much he talks about it, yeah, yep. probably true. <laughs> But he gives you a detailed explanation of different sauces he's come up with. Oh, yes. But what's your favorite? What is just mwah? And she does that thing with her fingers mm-hmm. after she kisses, you know. I like the Molten Mundu Madness, personally. Oh my god. It's, um... <laughs> Did you name that? Well, I, yeah. I mean, It's I, very good. I name almost all of the sauces. Your mother has some good ones every now and then, but you know. <laughs> But no, it's uh, it's just incredible umami with spiciness, and it just gets into your taste buds, and it stays there, and you want it to stay there. It's it just lives there, you know. Mm. It's excellent. I can't like, recommend it enough. I'd like that, if you have any. Of course, he brings it out for you to try, and it is like a molten orange, mm. sort of like a buffalo-looking sauce. Oh, nice. He brings just out like a little dish for you to try. She dips her pinky in it. Unceremoniously. He probably doesn't like that. She looks at him like, whoops. And then sticks it in her mouth. It tangles at first. And then there's a couple of seconds as you can just feel it growing and spreading to every taste bud on your tongue. It's like you can feel the wave of sensation going across. And then there's a flashpoint where it starts to get hotter and hotter and hotter and you feel like it's going to be too much and then it snaps and it all stops at once. (sighs) She's got her head back a little bit and her eyes closed and she's just feeling this sauce. (laughs) Yeah, that's that that expression right there. That's that's what I live for. It's it's the sweet spot. It is the the spicy spot. Mm, That too. (laughs) Yeah, that too. Ah, there's so many sauces for you to try, Athena. I'm so excited. I'm gonna try them all. And he comes over and he gives you another hug. I'm, I'm just giving out hugs today, just wholesale. She saved a lot of them up. <laughs> well, I think as he's explaining things, um, Athena is like, yeah, these vegetables are pretty much done. So I wanna scoop them into a bowl with my makeshift accordion knife and hand them to my dad. Oh, yeah, and he'll, uh,. He'll uh, grab the bowl from you with a smile and he'll say, Oh, thanks, Bobby. And turn away without realizing it. Athena's really sweaty and she doesn't know why. Do you say anything? Or do you let it go? Um, after Athena hears this, I think she looks at her dad. Is he still facing away? Yeah, he's. he immediately just went back to what he was doing. It hasn't even occurred to him. Gotcha. Um, I think she looks back between her mom on the stool and Pavi. I think her eyes are wide and her mouth is a little slack. And I think as you look back, Pavi has heard this and has been, you know, cutting the vegetables and she's looking back at you with sort of a knowing expression. Not satisfied necessarily, but like she gets it. Okay. And then after a minute, I think Poppy's expression changes to something a little sadder, and she puts a hand on your arm. Um, and I think Val didn't catch it, or didn't register to her. Mm. Poppy bites her lip and looks between you and your dad and sort of quirks an eyebrow at you in question. I pat him on the back. 
say no problem. Oh. I guess I go over to give my mom a hug. Yeah, she'll lean into you. Yeah, and I think um, I think when you're standing next to your mom, she'll she'll take a moment to stop and stare up at you, and she runs a finger along you know one of the scars in your face and doesn't say anything, and then she runs a finger along your circlet. This is very stylish. I'm realizing now I had very good inspiration for it. Oh, did you make it, dear? Mm-hmm. Hmm. What does it do? Um, it helps keep my brain safe. Oh. Well, I I think it looks very nice. Thank you. And she put, cups your, your cheek in her hand and she says, You're so beautiful. Oh, stop. Not anymore. And she shakes her head at that and she says, No, more than ever. Oh, she's really flustered. And your mom has a just a genuine warmth to her smile. Athena, she, she's got a, a blush going because she's embarrassed because, you know, mm -hmm. parents. Sure, parents. Um, how, how have things been with the family? I... I just got back. I haven't heard anything. Um, I haven't seen any anything on the news about the council, so I don't know what's up with that, but... Your mother... Her expression fades a bit, and she takes her hand off of your cheek and puts it back on her coffee and looks down quietly, and your father speaks up, and he says, Oh, well, your grandfather is still curator. You know, had Nixie had seen on the council. Not much has changed there. Uh, your grandmother, she's same as she's always been. She's involved, and she mostly keeps to herself in the bubble. And uh, come out and do some shopping. She'll occasionally come to visit, but she's she's reserved, ever, especially ever since you disappeared. Um, oh, really? Yeah, but you know that's. That's just how she is. Um, uh, Athena, there was a, there was an accident a couple years back. Where? And uh, it's your mother who answers this time. She says, in, in the mines. Oh, God. Was, um, it's all right. Um, um, well, your, your grandpa was... Um, he was in the mines, and there was an accident in cave-in, and your grandma went in to, to try to help him, and um, neither of them made it back out. And she puts a hand on yours and squeezes, and you can see there are tears running down her face again. She said, they were together, I think, and that's, that's what matters. Did I get them out at least? And she purses her lips and bites them a little bit and shakes her head. Oh, God. Oh, dear. But they were together in the end. <sighs> and she stands up to hug you. Athena definitely expected everybody to still be there when she got back. And she hugs and she says, They loved you. They were so proud of you. Shit. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like them. And she hugs you fiercely again. And you can remember the images in your mind. Your, grand your grandma Hilda 
your mother's mother. Almost the spinning image now, except for the maroon streak in her hair. And uh, your grandpa, Frank Calrus, Hilda and Frank Calrus, and he was a kind man. Some might have said simpler, but that wasn't the correct word. He was a man of simple pleasures and and love and enjoyment. Not, maybe not refined, but honest work, hard work, and he loved his family and he loved you. I know he did. <laughs> I think in her mind she had this snapshot of what she had left, just expecting it all to have frozen when she left and when she got back, but Poppy's cutting vegetables, her grandparents are dead, not in that order, but differences. <laughs> Unrelated, yes. And I think Athena has that crystalline moment of realizing that life does go on, even without us, and sometimes things aren't always the way you left them. Sometimes there are moments that you just can't get back. I don't even think she has words. I think she she hugs her parents tightly. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry I was gone. I think they pat your hair and hug you and they shush you. And your father says, It's not your fault. <sighs> it's not your fault, Athena. And your mother just keeps shushing you when you try to protest that you're back now they'd be happy to know that and after you guys separate and things calm down a little bit again your father says oh and uh, your aunt fiora she's uh she's managing the uh the golden lotus oh really yeah she uh she, she wipes at her eyes yeah mm. she got uh she got a promotion it was it was big for her that's really cool. Yeah, it's, I should uh, go over see her sometime. I think she'd like that. She's busy, but you know, that's that's how things go. Mm-hmm. Could you roll me a notice? Yeah. Okay. Five. So as as he's telling you about this, there's a moment where you hear Pavi start cutting vegetables a little bit faster, maybe a little bit more haphazardly, and Clint does like the the most barely perceptible turn in her direction, sort of, and then stops himself. I mean, Athena's a nosy bitch. She she always has been, <laughs> so I think she's gonna just put a hand on her dad's shoulder and say, what's going on? And he uh, looks back to Poppy, who is continuing to cut vegetables, and then she, like, turns away from everybody and takes the veggies, like, over to put them into like a bowl or just to, as an excuse to walk mm -hmm. several feet away and Clint just turns back to you and shakes his head a little bit she nods looking pretty concerned and confused and he gives your shoulder a soft squeeze and then goes back to cooking again okay and the in-between moments are uh, filled with chatter and they'll answer any questions you might have and uh, your father cooks up some kaida steaks for oh, you and Poppy, yes. and it is—it has been. I don't. I don't even know if you can get kaida meat on the surface. If no, you can, it's probably can. black market. It's hard to find, but it is the most juicy, succulent meat that you could imagine. Is it like steaks out of a lobster? 
I haven't eaten really much lobster in my life, but in terms of like stereotypical decadence, <laughs> yes. Excellent. It's firm, but flavorful, and it just melts in your mouth, and yeah. it's juicy, and, and your father has seasoned it uh, with some of his spices, and it is just perfection. I think Athena has requested a sampler of his sauces, like a little flight of sauces. Oh, yes. Excellent. <laughs> Only his it's finest a, sauces. It's a rainbow of sauces. Excellent. Ranging from sweet and sour to umami. Mm, umami. Spicy. It's excellent. This is probably the best meal she's had in a very, very long time. It probably is. This is this is artisanal. Clint's an excellent chef. Yes. Yeah, I think uh, during a lull, there is a light knock on the front door, on the, on the glass. Mm -hmm. And the door opens and a man comes in. He's a thin man, uh, bald with wide features and a pasty complexion. No hair on his head or his face and uh, wide-set glasses. And as he gets closer, you notice he has the telltale three-fingered hands of the Yara, but he also has the seams at the edges of his mouth, like the okay. Nakia. And as he's walking in, he says, Uh, Clint, I just wanted to make sure everything is okay. It's strange enough to see customers in your store during normal hours, and unheard of now. Do you need assistance? Are you being robbed? <laughs> he doesn't have anything of value, I assure you. And Athena can hear this. <laughs> Do you, uh, let me ask you this other character. Have you met him before? Absolutely. Or is this like a new person who moved in in your absence? No, no. I think this long and contentious relationship has been going on okay. for quite some okay. time. Right. I think Athena, delicately, she's only about half done with her meal and she puts down her fork. And I think she goes into the main section of the restaurant and says, Fuck off, Mobius! Damn! We're having a private function! Uh, so you, you round on this man. Uh, his name is Mobius. He walks in and uh, pauses as he sees you. Yeah, so Fantastic. You come out there and uh, Mobius is noticeably shorter than you. He's probably between five and five foot four. Like, he's a tiny guy. Oh my! Is that Athena that I see? It's been quite a few years. How are you? Doing real well, Mobius. But you should you know, head on out. Well, Please. I'm glad to see you're back. Maybe that will be inspiration to better your father's cooking. I think she, she closes her eyes and raises her eyebrows and walks over to him, gives him a firm clap on the shoulder, and it's just like, let me see you to the door. Are you using gratuitous force on me? Oh, I'd never. And I think very quickly, he like slips under you and takes a few Motherfucker. steps deeper in. <laughs> He's so tricksy. Can I can I try to catch him by the scruff of his shirt? Sure, go ahead. What would that be? Um, I guess a fighting probably. Didn't work. He's too tricksy for me. Oh man, he just slips right past yep. you. You you reach out to grab him and your hand just whiffs on air. He's not really in a hurry. He just takes a few steps closer in. He takes a look around and Clint just hands on his hips is like. <sighs> Mobius, this is sort of a, you're sort of interrupting, like, a moment we're having here. Like, can you just, I don't know, fuck off? 
and he Mo- <laughs> Athena's posture is very similar to her dad's. <laughs> I think we just have a side <laughs> shot of Mobius in the middle there, and Clint is standing there, hands on his hips, and Athena's on the other side, hands on her hips in like the same exact way. Yep. I mean, they. I think Athena inherited her dad's like height and build. Oh, definitely. Because I mean, Vel are a little more string beanie. Mm-hmm. They can get taller. Generally but speaking, but yeah. they're generally thinner. Well, yeah. not thin. I What's the you, word I'm looking for? Lanky? Lankier, yeah. I think you inherited your father's build, but you definitely look more like your mother. Mm. And he's... So Clint says that to Mobius, and he sort of leans at the food that you've been eating, and he says, Clint, it's lucky that I did not inherit my father's heat vision, or I would be able to see exactly how undercooked you eat is. It's undercooked for a reason. If you overcook it, it doesn't taste right. At that, he, he turns and starts to walk towards the front, and he says... Athena, since you're back in town now, and he reaches into his pocket and pulls out a bunch of coupons and he says, Here, feel free to come on over whenever. We're just as good as we've always been, trust me. Fuck off, Mobius. Go eat your distilled Celtus leaves or whatever the fuck you make over there. I, you know, I think she does take the coupons, and can I cast Bolt to incinerate them? Oh, sure, yeah. I would like, to, I would like to do that. Just right in front of his stupid fucking face. <laughs> Oh, that's a six. That's a success. Yeah, Excellent. So you just, which version of your bolt do you use here? So I'm going to use my wizard to change up the trapping no, no. as just a puff of blue fire. Oh, excellent. Oh, most impressive. They should put you on the grill. Well, feel free to stop by whatever. As you know, we are open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And he I think she wants to look st- out the window and see if anybody's actually over there. There's a lot of people. God. Damn it. Like, God, fucking Moby. It's, He's it's the like, worst. It's it's a little after one right now. Pretty heavy traffic over there. I mean, and there's like a couple people walk walk by and they sort of like look at, in the direction of S-Car Glow, but pretty much all the lights on the outside are off, so they just keep on walking. Hey, Dad, what was his last review in the paper? How many stars was it? Like, I'm just assuming like two. Uh, I think Clint is quiet. And Mobius in front of oh, you no. goes, <laughs> Oh, the times, they do change, Athena. She looks at her dad kind of worried. I saw the debtors come to call. Have you called mommy and daddy yet, Clint? This is a man's business. You don't belong in it. <laughs> so for Athena, this went from being kind of a fun, Hey, look, it's this asshole again, to Mobius, you need to leave right now. Or I'm going to lose my fucking shit. Well, it looks like you've all lost more than that already. (laughs) And he turns to start to walk away, and Clint says, I challenge you to a cook-off, Mobius. Oh my god, what? And uh, Mobius pauses as he turns towards the door and looks back and says, Clint, it would be hardly worth my time to dispatch you in a contest of skill and taste. Surely you would prefer to slip into shameful obscurity rather than face public humiliation for all to remember and uh, i think clint looks over to you athena i think she nods at him but like a little a little skeptically at the at the concept of what he's throwing down (laughs) no you can't beat me mobius and you know it (laughs) not worth my time clint and turns to walk away again wait if if you win i'll sell you the building at cost you want to expand right it'd be perfect for you but but if I win, you pay the back dues on the building and have to publicly acknowledge me as the superior chef. Oh, Dad, you might want to get that in writing. 
I think Mobius mulls this over for a minute, and he kind of... His shitty little face. Yeah, and he looks between all of you. Clint, you know I can't say no to you when you beg in such a pathetic way. You've got a deal. <laughs> and I think this time when he laughs, his mouth, like, opens a little bit wider than normal. Oh, this fucking... And he walks over, and Clint walks out. There's a stalemate as they look at each other, and Clint is obviously much, much taller. So he reaches down, and Mobius reaches up, and they shake hands. And Clint pulls his hand back and says, Ugh, don't do that to people's wrists, you freak. Ew. Mobius kind of twiddles his two fingers at him. Oh, gross. Well, since I'm such a gentleman, and I can afford such pleasures, I will send over my lawyer to draft an agreement. I'll leave you all to it. Enjoy the time you have left in your hovel. <laughs> oh man, Athena's real worried. And uh, Mobius turns and puts a hand on the door and pushes it down and says, Well, you know where I'll be if you need me. <laughs> and uh, begins to walk across. Jesus fucking words. And begins to walk across the street. You look out and see the glitzy building, almost a mirror of, uh, of Escar glow, with bright lights, a moving neon sign, and an enormous logo hanging from the building. Oh god, what is it? It's what looks like a three-dimensional circle of ribbon that, like, seeks to fold in on itself at an odd angle. And as you watch, there are words that glide around the circle at high speed before snapping to a stop in the middle and flashing a bright yellow, and they read the Mobius Strip. And it's spelled M-O with an umlaut, the two dots over it, B-I-U-S. It's with two P's. S no! And an E. S-T-R-I-P-P-E. The Mobius Strip. God damn it! <laughs> There's another shot of Athena with her hands on her hips, just leaning forward, glaring out the window, and Clint is, like, right behind her doing the exact same fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Clint's posture clears a little bit, and he says... I, I hope I didn't just make a horrible mistake. Uh, I mean, I don't think you did. He's a piece of shit, and he's, his food's garbage, so... Wasn't he poisoning people? Uh, he's such a hack. Ugh. Well, you'd be amazed what kind of views you could get when you're friends with the paper. Oh, no. He holds How'd up he manage hands. that? He's so unlikable. <laughs> Uh, this guy's the fucking worst! I don't know, Athena. Money, I guess, trade, I, I don't know. But he knows the right people, and they'll put whatever they want on the monitors, you know, the stands. Like, there's no conceivable way you're not going to win by merit? I mean, you know, Dad, you might have you gotten swept up in the moment and literally challenge one of the worst people on the planet to a competition that they have to know they're gonna lose by a fair trial so like he's gonna cheat for sure but i'm here and i support you and just tell me what i can do to help consider it done did he say he was bringing lawyers that's kind of more ironclad and i'm not very well versed in legalese so i'm gonna be no help reading over it I'm sure we could, uh, I'm sure we could get somebody to assist with that. Yeah. I'm sure we know somebody, right? And, uh, I think Clint looks at Pavi this time. She says, well, I, I can't do anything. Um, maybe Roja. Yeah? Maybe. Um, she's, I mean, she's more of a bookworm. And she's smart, at least. She can maybe find someone if she can't do it herself. Well, it's worth 
bringing up, maybe you should bring that up instead of me, though, huh? Maybe. Oh, <laughs> uh, what? Did did you meet Roja? Did you meet Roja? Of course. Oh. Right? Yeah. Sorry. I mean, she's she probably have been friends for years, so... Years, yeah. Just... Yeah, that makes sense. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm mean, still catching up. I, I, I did mean to put you on the spot. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Um... Well, we're gonna beat the shit out of Mobius, uh-huh. Yeah, uh, yep. That's the plan. That's the plan. Then maybe we gotta make sure that Buzz is favorable to us and not just for Mobius. Maybe I can build some Buzz. <laughs> Alright, well that'll be our focus. I'll handle the cooking. You leave that to me. <laughs> okay. I mean, you'd definitely lose if I was helping you cook, to be fair. Well, I wasn't gonna say anything, yeah. but... I mean, who's your best, who's your best Barisk? Oh, that's just a lot. That's a big question, you know? Well, that's fair. Gooper, obviously, but... I miss Gooper. I'm sure he'll be happy to see you. <laughs> Maybe I can come yeah. over later. Of course, you can come over whenever you want to. Well, then, uh, I think we gotta make sure we went over the judges and make sure they don't get bribed and, uh... If we could keep it honest, if we could keep it fair, then we're going to win. Well, I mean, that's not even a question. How but... would I go about it? I, I wouldn't cheat, though. How would how does somebody go about fixing a cooking competition? Probably paying off the judges. I don't know. Uh... Well, you two can help me with that, then. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Don't worry about it. Are you are you on the force? I mean, oh. did they get you? And your mother speaks up and she says, Oh, have you, did you, are you reinstated now? I got a meeting today at five. Um, I'm gonna meet with an inquisitor to do a mental evaluation. I got a physical when I got in last night. Um, and your mom is sort of uh, wringing her hands and she says, Um, are you sure you're ready, dear? You don't have, you know, you don't have to. I mean, I want you could, to. You could be here. I understand. I mean, I can. Why not do both? I. S I have to protect people. It's what I'm good at. And if I do that, maybe what happened to me won't happen to anyone else. Not on my watch. Of, of course, dear. Oops. I mean, if you want me to, t I could maybe take off a little time before. I don't know when. I mean, if I don't know if I'm even gonna pass this test. Dear, dear, and she puts a hand on your arm and she says, "This is your life. You should live it how you want to." <laughs> We're here for you. We love you. We're proud of you. We're so happy to have you back with us. But you live your life the way you want to, and we'll support it. I know. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm my own woman. I'll live my own life, and it'll be good. And I've thought about it a lot while I was away. Um, but I think um, maybe, maybe it takes a week or two to get reinstated. Really know. And I think at that, um, Val looks over to Pavi, and Pavi shrugs and says, "I don't know. Could, could take a day. Could take a week. Could take a month. I don't. I've never really seen this before. I'm not an inquisitor, so." Athena looks at her parents, and despite a lot of what's happened in the past day or so, she's really happy and. And I think she remembers Pavi earlier in the morning and with the ripples in her aura. And I'd, I'd like to, 
to double cast empathy on Clint and Val just just to be sure, just to know. Because she'd love to just give them the benefit of the doubt, but she has to be more careful now. All right, go ahead and roll it for me. Seven. I think let the seven stand for both of them. Okay. As you're watching, you see your father's aura just almost vibrating with energy. It's just pulsing and swirling and reds and yellows and bright colors as he looks on with a smile. And standing next to him, uh, your mother leans in with a softer smile. Uh, Her aura is shades of white and gray and black that swirl together, but as you watch, there is a small wave of bright red ripples that flow through. Bright red ripples, huh? Bright red ripples. It looks more like your father's aura. Okay. What you're seeing so far seems to track with other things you could compare it to. Okay. Different colors, but not like Poppy's this morning. Well, that's good, at least. That's something. (laughs) She needs a win right now. Your mother's aura is like other auras you've seen, but not color-wise. Yeah, has has she seen a, a black and white one before? I mean, it's it's not many terribly. mostly shades of gray between black and white, but nothing quite like this. No. Mm. Well, I think she she gathers them in for a, a farewell hug, so maybe they don't notice her eyes doing that thing they do. Yeah, they come in and they hug you. Your dad just says, "We're so happy you're home." Me too. And your mom agrees and says, Welcome home, dear. Thanks, Mom. So she she steps back and she takes a second to take a, a, a real deep breath and straightens her shoulders and she says, Well, uh, game face. <laughs> gotta go in and I don't know what I've gotta do. They didn't really tell me. They just kind of told me I gotta meet with somebody. So off we go, I guess. It's about time we get over. Yeah, I don't want to be late. No, you don't. You hug your parents goodbye for now. Your dad gives you a kiss on your forehead, and your mom gives you one on your cheek, because she just can't reach that high. Mm. You exit with Pavi into the chilly Caldonix afternoon, zipping up your jackets and putting on your helmets again to mount the cycle. And as Pavi pulls out onto the main street, you look back through the wall-sized window of Escar Glow. You see your parents holding each other tightly, watching you go give a wave as you pull forward and then you're gone you've reconnected with a piece of yourself that you had to leave behind years ago and your heart is full and seconds later you remember your destination and the unanswered questions that await you there Thank you for listening to this episode of Neon Heat. Savage Worlds is owned by the Pinnacle Entertainment Group. You can find them and their products online at peginc.com. You can find our website at rpgforyouandme.com, which we update weekly with new episodes, character art, and bios. All music used is created and performed by Crockett. We are so grateful to them for letting us feature their work with permission. You can find them online at crockett.bandcamp.com and on Twitter, at Crockett80s. 
You can find our show on Twitter at RPG for you and me. And you can find Allie on Twitter at UC the Hat, where she posts art from the show. And as I am absent from all social media, you can find me exclusively on our Patreon Discord server, which you can find at patreon.com slash RPG for you and me. Any support means the world to us, and it makes it easier for us to make more quality content for you. If you enjoy our show, the best way you can let us know is with a five-star review on the podcast listening platform of your choice. If you like what you heard here, you should check out Sounds Like Crows, which is an actual play podcast set in the Savage World's Deadlands Reloaded setting. It's a story about five brothers on a quest for revenge in the supernatural Wild West, and it encouraged us to get moving on our own production. The cast is outstanding, and the audio and editing quality is cinematic and top-notch. Caleb Sunstead, the marshal and showrunner, is extremely talented and dedicated. Thank you so much for listening. It means the world to us. And we'll see you next week.